I'm Arlen Hamilton, and this is Your First Million. I'm a venture capitalist. I started my fund Backstage Capital from the ground up while I was on food stamps. I have now invested in more than 100 companies led by women, people of color, and LGBT founders. After having raised more than $10 million, people often ask me how I did it. I created this podcast so I could tell you my story and so that together we could go on a journey and speak with some of the most successful people in the world from all backgrounds and walks of life to learn how they got their first million. And who knows, maybe I'll reach my first million in personal capital while I'm recording this series. There's only one way to find out. Let's go. Welcome back to your first million. It's Arlen, as always, and forever, just like Kip Dynamite. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, this episode is fire. And I'm saying that because most of the episode is our guest. <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. Mel Robbins. You may have heard of Mel Robbins. I uh, don't feel bad if you haven't, but she has quite the following. And now you do. You will after this episode. This is one where you're going to want to probably be moving around, go on a walk, straighten up around the house, do something. Of course, you can listen to it while you're on commute, but I there's so much energy in this episode. There's so much, uh, so many mics dropped and, and Jim's mind and all sorts of things that happened in this episode because Mel has been inspiring people for for years and years and she's real and uh she keeps it real and uh we had a really great time talking let me tell you really briefly how this happened so mel robbins she's uh she, she would call herself an inspirational speaker she's a writer she is um one of the most booked female speakers in the world and probably the most booked female speaker in the u.s um, and now she has a new daytime talk show that's starting and on, on September 16th, which is Monday, which we'll, we're going to talk about that so much on this episode. But let me tell you how our interview happened. It's a few months ago, to my surprise and delight, Mel Robbins started following me on Twitter and Instagram. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like either she or someone on her team knows what's up. That's really awesome. So we started talking. She would like some things. She would um, kind of retweet me, things like that. And then uh, I started, you know, I'd already known about her. I'd, I'd um, listened to her audible, her five second rule audible. I had learned about her through the grapevine over the past year or so. And so it was a real thrill and delight to see her following me, knowing what we were doing, what we're up to at Backstage and at my fund and beyond. Then we started DMing because, you know, it's like real recognizes real. And also like she she's a shot of adrenaline. So she helps motivate me and 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 it kind of just goes back and forth. So all of a sudden I find out about this daytime talk show that she's starting, which by the way, there hasn't been a new daytime talk show in a long time like this. And there are three that de debuted in September. So Kelly Clarkson's show started just a couple of days ago, uh, a few days ago. Tamron Hall, her show started on the same day as Kelly's. And now there's Mel. So there's these three 
women-driven daytime talk shows that are the, all the rage, and Mel is one of them. So I wanted to go see it being taped. Next thing you know, Mel is saying, nah, you don't need to be in the audience. Come to me, come to the show and be an expert on the show and talk to some of our founders that are, are struggling with things. So I spent a few hours at the studio in New York filming the Mel Robbins show as an expert. So, I mean, I'm not saying anything, but like, I'm kind of a big deal now. Um, I've got <laughs> totes kidding, but it was so much fun. Had my own little dressing room, my own little green room and felt, felt, uh, I felt in my element, to be honest. Like I, I was, a, I don't know if nervous is the word anymore. I don't get nervous anymore when it comes to that. There was an excitement, a kind of a nervous energy, maybe, but it, I wasn't nervous about it. But I, I don't know how I did. Here's the thing: people can tell me how I did, and I'll certainly be able to see it soon enough. But I don't know. So I don't. I, it's it's going to come out. The episode that I was on is going to come out sometime in September or October if they air it. You know, it's production, so anything can happen. But if they air it, it'll be a few minutes during an episode, September October, and. I will watch along with you and I guess we'll all decide if I did a good job or if I if I talk too fast or if um, camera angles were not as pleasant as we would like. Thank you. Or if I made any sense at all. Time will tell if I'm any good at it, but we will see. Okay. So this interview did right after, did like a few hours after that in Mel's office. So she has all these offices and rooms and all sorts of things. And one of her, her main office, we did this interview and she just, she took off like a lightning bolt. I don't know if a lightning bolt can take off, but she did. She's going to be what a lot of people want and need to hear right now. And I am so grateful that she asked me to be on her show like incredibly grateful for that opportunity, no matter how I did. <laughs> the fact that she just said, without any strings attached, come on, get exposure on the show, spread your message on the show so that more and more underrepresented people can hear from you was just amazing, right? And then the second part is that she gave so much time for this interview and a day and a day where I personally watched her do two, two complete shows and she was... Um, she was a trooper. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Mel Robbins. My name is Mel Robbins, and my occupation <laughs> is daytime talk show host. Wow. Let's talk about that. Your first million is about someone who's made their first million. Usually it's dollars, but it can be downloads. It can be oh. a lot of things. You're one of the few people who I can ask you about many things because you've had millions of views on your TED Talk yeah. and other videos. Yeah. You've had millions of, um, I'm, I'm assuming you've made your first million. I don't know if you talk about money, but I'm assuming you do. Oh yeah, I'll talk about money. And then you've uh, you're one of the like the best selling one of the best selling authors on Audible. Audible. Yeah. And so 
we can have three different episodes. Yeah, you can. And millions of followers online. Yeah. And mil- yeah, exactly. Millions of views on our videos. And yeah, that's so cool. That is so cool. I so, hadn't thought about it like that. Because I, I assumed you were just going to talk about millions and money, which yeah. I think is important for women in particular to talk about because ambition is so important. And so many women are raised to quiet their ambition. And I'm on a mission to help women define a vision for themselves, particularly when it means owning your ambition. Yes. So you'll talk about money. I had a feeling you would Mm -hmm. because that would be sort of, I I can't imagine you being too shy about most things. I'm very proud of the amount of money I make. Let's talk about that. Okay. I mean, that's huge. Well, because I was, you know, like you, first of all, the, the, the first memory I have about money is my grandmother. So I come from a long line of business owners, but not like like big time businesses, like small family businesses. So my mom's parents were farmers. My dad's parents owned a bakery. And my uncles and my grandfather and my aunts and such would always be out doing the chores. My grandmother would be in a house coat at the farm table in her uh, slippers with a little calculator and stacks of, of dollars counting the money and paying the invoices. And when I would go to Buffalo, New York to visit or to work for a couple of weeks in the summer, at the end of the visit, she would always pay me for the chores we had done. And then she would call me back after my brother had walked out of the room and she would hand me another 20. And she said, make sure you make your own money. Wow. Make sure you make your own money. That's the secret to everything for a woman. You got to make your own money. This is very like Beaches. You know, Beaches is my favorite movie. And there's a scene where aunt the aunt... Uh, hands Bette Midler's character at 13, a 20. And she says, what's this for? And she says, it'll keep you honest. It's a different, it's a different reason, but it was yep. also that sort of thing. I also know that my, my brother's father always told him, keep a 20 in your pocket because uh, you never, a, a man should never um, be broke, completely broke. Always have a 20 in your pocket. Well, I think that that advice goes for everybody. Exactly. You know what I'm so we, we don't necessarily get that kind of advice. Yeah. And then people, what I found with this podcast, which has been so interesting, just started it earlier this summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not that I, um, you know, have the time to run around and ask all no, the questions, <laughs> but I, but I love it because it's so, it's so revealing. And it's funny how many people get a little shy at first talking about money because they think they're bragging and they think it's something wrong with that. Mm. What do you think about that, especially with women? What do you, why do, well, you, why do you say earlier? I'll tell you why yes. I don't think it's bragging. The reason why is I was terrible with money mm. for most of my life. I, um, not, funny enough, I didn't have trouble making it, but I always spent it. I was one of those people that the second that a dollar bill got in my hand, I was finding something to buy and to display wealth with. And it's not like I was a wealthy person. I amassed massive amounts of credit card debt. And as you know, the and for those of you that don't know my story, just 11 years ago, my husband had gone into the restaurant business and I had, I had left uh, the business I was running as a, as a coach. And I had gone into the media business and we launched this restaurant, this pizza restaurant. We secured it with the house. We took out a bunch of credit cards. We took out a home equity line. The first restaurant, little joint, it was fantastic. So we leveraged up again and the second location failed. And next thing you know, we're $800,000 in debt. And we were 
about to lose everything. And at that moment in my life, I had no idea how you made $800,000. I had never made, I don't even know how much money I had made at that point in my life. I hadn't saved much. I didn't have anything to show for it, but a house that was hugely leveraged and had liens on it now. And so for me, I didn't talk about money. I didn't feel like I was successful with money. I didn't feel like I had anything to show for myself. And everything changed when I, of course, discovered the five second rule. I used it to turn my life around. And then as I started building a business around the five second rule, I had this fear in me that I would never fucking be in that place again. And I would never be stupid about money. That if I was going to build something, I was going to make darn sure that I was just as tough about what I would do and what I wouldn't do. And in particular, what I was going to do about my money, because I was not going to be in a situation again where I was going to lose it all. I want to talk about that feeling. Were you, and this may be a silly question, but were you embarrassed when that happened? Was that embarrassed is a night? I was ashamed. ashamed. I mean, we had friends that had invested in the business. Mm. We still had one open. And then also, I think for men, what happens, at least when you talk about the kind of traditional gender roles, is dudes are judged and valued by society based on being successful. Women, you know, this is wrong, but it's how we look, right? And that's what the pressure that so many women feel. And Weight, things like that. Of course. Or, you know, I'm 50. I'm a lot older than you, whether or not you're aging. We live in a youth-obsessed, skinny, white-obsessed culture. And so my husband started to spiral because now all of a sudden as a provider, as a man in terms of traditional roles, he's feeling like he's a loser, that he's let his family down. He starts drinking like crazy. I'm now so angry at him because I feel like, unsafe and ashamed and embarrassed. And I had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. How the hell do you make a hundred? How the hell do you make $800,000? Well, let's talk about it. So the, I want to talk deeply about the yes. five second rule because okay. I, that's like your, do you think of it as like a Phoenix story? Yes. Okay. I also think about it as my legacy. Like yeah. my gift to the world is the five second rule. So did the five second rule, which we will talk about exactly what that is, yeah. did that help you get out of that particular situation. It helps me with everything. Please tell me how. So basically, here's the problem with money. You're thinking too big about it. Money is very simple. Money is about math. Everybody get your notebooks out. (laughs) I have a feeling. (laughs) Yeah, It's, it's literally about math and people have so much emotion tied up in it. And the freer that you are, I think, about money and what you're worth and how you value it, the more you'll make the more you grip it, the more attached you are to it, the more you let it define whether or not you're successful, the less you're going to make and the more tortured you're going to be about it. Talk about that in practical terms. What's a good example of that, of where you had a situation where you let go a little bit and it turned into... I made and make a lot more money now that I have found the strength to say no. Okay. This is the single best thing that you could ever learn when it comes to making more money, saying no. Because when you say no, you define your value. And more importantly, psychologically, 
you become more attractive to somebody that would like to hire you or buy your services. Suddenly you're not available for me. What do you mean? Well, what would it cost? And you have to mean it when you say the no. Yes, of course. You have to mean it, not as a tactic. Yes. But as an understanding. And and this is where the five second rule comes in because part of what was happening in my life is $800,000 in debt. That's a huge number. Bankruptcy, big concept. Shame, embarrassment, depression, anxiety, Did you go through bankruptcy? We did not go through bankruptcy. Thank God. We had a hearing that was about a week away and um, I discovered the five second rule. Five, four, three, two, one. And this is how you use it. I, you, I, you basically, it's the idea of launching yourself through excuses and fear. The next time you're in a situation, you need to say no. You need to make the phone call. You need to dust yourself off because an investor just told you no. Whatever the hell it may be. Count backwards. It sounds so stupid. Five, four, three, two, one. And something will literally shift in your mind. You'll switch gears from which part of the brain that you're using. You'll hand yourself immediate focus because you've awakened your prefrontal cortex when you focus on counting backwards. And that allows you to take control of what you think and do next. And so I literally um, made a phone call, 54321. I started calling a couple relatives to see if anybody would be willing to give us just a loan to pay the mortgage for two months to buy us some time. I started 54321 making phone calls, 54321 making phone calls to look for a job, 54321 put down the booze, 54321 stop snapping at Chris, 54321 stop screaming at the kids, 54321 start exercising. And my whole life changed because I had a tool to change the little decisions to change the trajectory of your life. And so I ended up landing a job. I ended up getting a job with benefits. I ended up... um, starting to uh, make the phone calls that scared me to consolidate debt. I started to open up our bills, which I hadn't done for months. I started to have the conversations that were scaring me. And Chris got his butt back out there, 54321, and kept meeting with investors, even though he and his partner were mortified by what the P&L looked like. And after like your story, 50 conversations. They found somebody that was willing to invest because of the continued success of the first location. And so on and on and on, one decision at a time, we clawed our way out of the crash situation that was happening and pulled up the plane before it smashed into the ground and destroyed everything and stabilized our life. Took about three years of 54321, 50 times a day to push myself forward. And the way that I use it now around money and around creating products that sell millions of copies and creating videos that gets millions of views and creating a television show that a million people will tune into every day is the number one superpower that you have in business is to truly create a highway where you can listen to your intuition You did that with launching your business. That's what drove you. And what has unlocked more success than I ever thought would be possible, like the kind of success that I could dream about could never really wrap my brain around truly being this successful, is the second that I learned how to hear that little alarm that is tolling inside you all day long, and five, four, three, two, one, take a small action forward. Say no to this deal. You think this person's an asshole. 
say no to this deal. That instinct. Yes. Hey, you, this is bad for you, Mel. It looks like they're going to own that book. Why on earth would you be doing this? Say no to this. Do it this way. I know everybody thinks you're an idiot. Who cares? You're doing it your way. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm doing a little experiment, as you may have seen online recently. I want to incentivize you to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts and also give you a little gift for doing so, for taking the time out. I want you to leave an authentic review for your first million on Apple Podcasts. And when you do so, send me a message. You can DM me on Instagram. Arlen was here. A-R-L-A-N was here on Instagram. You can reach out to me by email or you can DM me on Twitter. Same handle. Arlen was here. Let me know your t-shirt size, your mailing address, and your full name. And let me know that you filled out a review for your first million on Apple. Right now it's for Apple only. And once you do that, we'll take your information down and we'll get a shirt out to you over the next few days. All right. Everybody, looking forward to seeing you in those shirts. Were you always uh, confident, though, even before before this happened? Were you a confident person? So if someone's listening right now and mm-hmm. they're like, I want to give this a try, but Mel sounds really confident. I'm confident now. You know what I was before? What was that? I was extroverted. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between being loud and being um, visible and kind of assertive. Right. Versus confident. Feeling it internally. Yes. No, I was bossy and loud and assertive as a strategy. Yeah. Because you were a, you were a lawyer, right? I, I was so legal, that was kind of like Dude, I was a legal aid lawyer. Yeah. So that's I worked like here in New York the, City. But you know why? So it's not like I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer. I went to law school because I didn't know what else to do. And mm-hmm. the, my boyfriend at the time was going into a PhD program. Yeah. And I was working a temp job yeah. at a law firm. Yeah. And so I'm like, I guess I'll apply to law school. And then I get in and then I get there and I'm like, I hate this. Right. But you but, saw the people around you, what they had to be. What, oh, the, I'm like, the I bravado. hate this. And you know what I kept saying? I'm just not going to practice law. I'm going to get this degree and I'm going to go do something else. And then all of a sudden third year rolls around and you've got debt and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. And you know what? The easiest road is go to the interviews on campus. And so I was, this is a true story. I was standing in the hallway waiting for an interview And there was a gentleman sitting at a desk and there was nobody in there. And I started chatting with him from the hallway and he had come up from New York City and he worked for the public defender's office here, legal aid. And I started talking to him from the hallway as I'm waiting for my interview with some dumpy law firm to open up. And I start wandering in and I sit down. And 45 minutes later, we've chatted up a storm. I thank him, I leave. And then I get a call back to New York City. And I go down and I go down for the interview and I get the job. Wow. It's the only job I got. So it wasn't like I had this vision. I walked into the office because something called me to. I didn't discover the five second rule. This was just sort of a lean into it moment. I would still be a public defender right now if my husband hadn't gotten into business school in Boston. That's so what it, had us move. I did it for almost five years here in New so York. It all, it all was for a reason somehow, even during that oh, toughest of time. Of course. Like here's the other massive thing. And I, is that literally the thing that gets me through life, there are many things that get me through life, but this philosophy carries me. And it is this, I have tremendous faith that whatever it is that I am doing right now has some skill, person, or lesson in it that I need 
in order to do the next thing. And one thing that I will tell you is that this talk show will be a hit because when I look back and I look at what has happened in my life, everything that has happened to me, particularly the shitty things, the 25 years of anxiety, the tremendous postpartum depression, the number of times I've been laid off, the uh, marriage trouble, the bankruptcy that almost happened, the shame that I've felt, the phoniness that I used to live with, even the cheating on boyfriends in college, driven by anxiety and deep self-loathing. All of that has prepared me to understand the human experience because I fucking lived it. And my favorite kind of expert is like you, <laughs> somebody who's life tested. Right. Like anybody can read shit in a book, but the people that are really compelling are the ones that actually learned it by doing it. And so I also developed all this raw skill going from one wild job to another, from being a public defender to working in local radio, to doing reality shows, to trying to building a digital entrepreneur, being yeah. a digital entrepreneur and launching online courses. How? Googling how other people were doing it and figuring exactly. it out. Exactly. And so that's why I can step into this role and bring so much skill to the role yes. because of everything that I've gathered along the way. And here's the other thing. I can also step into this role as a daytime syndicated television host and be fearless because here's what I know. It doesn't fucking matter if this show succeeds or not because that's not the point. The point is I got to show up here and be myself because there's a lesson or a person or a skill that I am meant to develop by doing this that is taking me to the next level. Mm. And so my only job here is to show up every day and have that highway paved right to my intuition so that I am only and ever myself. Mm. Okay. Well, <laughs> everyone who has the, 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 you still, for some reason, oh, I don't, everyone who still, for some reason, has the Tony Robbins uh, uh, ticket, you can tear that up and just <laughs> play this on repeat. <laughs> Uh, and this is my opinion. I'm not. It's not necessarily Mel's opinion. Uh, I want to talk about your show in detail. And to get there, what I want to think about or just kind of highlight quickly mm -hmm. is you go from you spent three years digging yourself out of that yeah. hole with your family. Yeah. How did that turn into this TED Talk? Why? How were you invited well, to this TED Talk? Yeah, that it's went a great question. So I, so I dig myself out of the hole by getting a local radio show. And then I started calling old coaching clients, even though I felt like a fraud and somebody that I had coached to guys that are brother-in-laws, their COO had left and they needed an interim COO. And they're like, we trust you. We love you. Will you just come in on site? Boom. Benefits. Oh my God, a salary. And meanwhile, that local radio show takes off. And it becomes a weekday show. And so these guys actually let me do the show for two hours a day. And then around it, I'm acting as a COO. And long and short of it, the show won some awards that caught the attention of CNN. And next thing you know, CNN has invited me to become an on-air contributor, which basically means they pay me to weigh in on the biggest stories and give my opinion and commentary about social issues and about legal issues. And so things just take off from there. And, and what ended up happening is in a parallel universe, TEDx was just launching. So I believe this might've been the first ever TEDx conference. They didn't have, this was 2011. They didn't have protocol yet. They weren't putting any of these talks online. It wasn't really a thing. So you didn't know what you were walking into. Oh my really. God, no idea. 
No idea. And a friend of a friend knew the woman who was curating and she was soliciting her friends for somebody who had changed their career a lot. And somebody who knew somebody said, oh my God, reach out to Mel Robbins. And, you know, by that point, she's like, she's on CNN, which is like, oh, she's fancy. Not really, but okay. And so that's how I gave that talk. And, and I mentioned the five second rule during it. What was the name of the talk? Just so people can look it uh, up. How to stop screwing yourself over. Okay. <laughs> Say it one more time. How to stop screwing yourself over. Excellent. So look that up on 20 on million the, views. Yeah, 20 million views yes. since 2011. Yep. And you mentioned the five, four, three, two, one rule. I don't even mention the countdown. You I just, just like sort of blurt out the five second rule. I end the talk and that talk goes viral and inbound emails start pouring in. And I started- Almost immediately? Immediately. And I started staying awake at night with a glass of wine, responding to people. And because they would ask detailed questions about how they were using it, I started a personal research project to figure out how to answer people's emails. And then the emails started picking up steam in terms of the numbers that were coming and the issues that people were. And I thought, I better write a book. Yeah. Not even thinking about the money, just thinking like, I have time to do this. And writing a book is a huge undertaking because I have dyslexia. I have ADD. I make a living speaking. I don't make a living writing. And so if you notice, most of my books are audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And so great deal. I mean, that's a whole other uh, podcast episode too. Yes. These are like de these are deals. You are a mogul in in uh, ins um, inspirational speaker's body, right? <laughs> yes, that's what you are. Because there's a whole there's a whole strategy to this that yes. I'm understanding. Well, by first just of all, you got to own your own content. Mm. You have to own your own content if you believe in what you're saying. Why on earth would you give other people ownership over what you're doing? Um, so I wrote the book, which was an absolute struggle. And I found a partner to help me publish it uh, that acts as a printer and a distribution arm, but I controlled absolutely everything. The layout of the whole, everything. Psycho. Um, <laughs> Psycho and- uh, Smart. Like a fox. Yes, <laughs> And we published the book and it just takes off. It becomes the number one book on Audible. It was the fifth most read book on Amazon in 2017. I have never, I never was a New York Times bestseller list. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. I don't even, you you can barely find the book in the bookstore. Yeah. I don't care. But on Audible, do you know how many streams it had or how many downloads? I can't tell you because all the data is proprietary, yeah. but I can tell you it is the most downloaded self-published book in the history of audiobooks. I want you to say that one more time. I do a lot of repeating around here, so we take it in. It is the most downloaded self-published audiobook on Audible. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's goosebump incredible. And so incredible that Audible approached me and my, you know, now my team, and we have a multi-year, multi-million dollar deal with them to produce original content behind their paywall. Mm -hmm. So I now produce books, only books that you can find on Audible. Yes, I noticed that. And those yes. are really cool. I love Audible. I've gone on record many times talking about oh, how that cha it changed my life, really, because I can listen to it on these long trips I'm on. Mm -hmm. I I can feel like I'm, you know, just you're just soaking in all this knowledge. And you have, tell tell the, uh, what are the titles of the books? Yeah, that people so can pick obviously up? the five second rule is the big one. And that's where you should start. But then we've done these incredible formats where, we pick a topic, we do a global casting call looking for people that are struggling with a particular topic. And then we fly them to Boston. We put them in a studio. You get an intense coaching session with me. And then I unpack all the learning from it. And so the first one is called Kick-Ass. 
And it's about people who felt stuck in their life and didn't know why or how to get past it. The second one was called Take Control. And that was about how your nervous system remembers issues from your childhood. And believe it or not, the things that you can't seem to have a breakthrough in in your life as an adult are literally patterns from your childhood that you don't even realize you have. And then the third book, and it comes out uh, October 10th, is called Work It Out. And it's the new rules for how women succeed at work. And it is all based on the latest research about the behavior changes, the only ones that translate directly to a promotion or more money. And that uh, is called Work It Out. I've gotten into Marvel recently, and I look at this list every week of the order I should watch it in, and I watch in that order. If people are just being introduced to you and this vast media empire that you have, <laughs> where do they go first to oh, I, understand your core? Um, well, if you were to follow me every day on Instagram, you would totally get a sense of what's happening because everything that we do is super real, behind the scenes, authentic. You're watching iPhone videos where I'm giving advice. You are um, getting all the inspiration you need, the insight you need. You're seeing me in real life in terms of the breakdowns in my own life or whatever it may be. So mm -hmm. you really get a sense of my personality. If you want to dig in and you're feeling stuck, I would listen to the five second rule on Audible. Yeah. That's an incredible place to start. If you don't have the money for that, no problem. I got you covered. Go to YouTube. We literally have thousands of videos there for free mm -hmm. where you can start to learn all kinds of things. You can go to melrobbins.com slash mindset reset. And mindset reset is a program that I taught in January for free. More than 400,000 people have taken it. It is a 34 day long video program for free where I teach you the science of rewiring your default thinking patterns. And so if you go to melrobbins.com slash mindset reset, you can put in your email and we'll email you a link to the free workbook and the link to YouTube where everything's listed mm -hmm. in a folder. It's really, it's really cool. It's like, it's, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to articulate this that doesn't put any shade on someone else, right? But there are a lot of kind of self-help people and mm -hmm. inspirational people. And a lot of them are men when I'm thinking about the Oh, it's group. dominated by men. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's like there's this, all this like adrenaline and like... Well, you know what else is the issue? And this is what really was starting to make me question, okay, what is our business model here? Because um, I don't, I'm really good at selling. I don't like selling. The first thing you sent people to was to a free Instagram account, you know? Yeah. And that's great. That's a great instinct. That's a yeah. great instinct because that's authentic. And so what I also don't like about the inspiration space and the personal development space is there's a lot of phonies. There's a lot of people that give generic advice, but don't follow it. And there is a prevalent business model that is about luring people to watch a free thing so that you can then drop them into a funnel marketing program mm -hmm. to get them to buy the next thing and then come to my event and then sign up for my coaching program. And look, some people out there doing that are amazing. And a lot of the coaching programs that are out there work because they force you to work on yourself. But for me, that business model of constantly doing funnel math when I look at a human being <laughs> feels icky and inauthentic. 
For other people, it may be a natural self-expression. For me, it feels gross. And so there's a lot of that online. And I knew, and my business partner and I knew that was not the business we wanted to be in, which is why we went in the direction of Audible. It's why our social media is, first of all, what you're seeing literally has been built in the last two and a half years. So millions of followers across a bunch of platforms. Just in a couple of years, we haven't bought a single follower. We almost never sell anything. It's all free. And that we're building trust. We're serving an audience. And so when I then go and make an ask, our audience is like, I'm with you, man. I just, I, you literally just showed up in my life 364 days and asked for nothing. Mm -hmm. And now you're asking me to do a, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So I want to deep dive into the show. Okay. Because this, you've painted a picture of how you got pretty far here. Mm -hmm. So tell me if I'm wrong here. I think what's is going to set your show apart is that you're able to go to the heart of the matter within minutes, within oh, yeah. seconds. That's literally my gift. It's the weirdest thing. And I think you're in listening to your intuition follows you there. I have an insane skill set of being able to take a massive issue and boil it down to a takeaway mm -hmm. or a convoluted story mm -hmm. and cut right to the heart of it. And what you could do there is you could, knowing that you can do that, you could turn that into, here's my eight week course that you have to pay $9.99 yeah. for. Yeah. But you're saying, no, here's a book. Here's the accessible book. Here's the accessible audio, the audible. Here's the accessible now TV show. Yeah. How TV did, show how is- How did you get there? How did you get to the TV show? And okay. why is it so exciting? So the TV you? show, what happened with the TV show is Sony Pictures Television came to me because I'm the most book female speaker in the world, because mm -hmm. I reach millions of people a day online. Aside from Brene Brown, I am a leading female voice in personal development. And there's not a single woman on television giving women advice. Have you ever had like a, a, a cage fight with Brene? No, I've never met her. Your chokehold? Nothing? No, I'm t I, I, I love her. Are you kidding? I, I, I love her. Because I thought women were supposed to be super competitive. Oh my God, no. So I, this is a whole other thing. Like I, I actually think there's so much room for everybody to succeed. If you cheer for other people, if you stay in your lane, like there's enough room for, there's eight, there's almost 8 billion people in the world. Yeah. I think that if there's room for all of yeah. us. 300 million or so here yeah. in the US. So no. And so Sony Pictures Television came uh, to us. And when they first reached out, I said, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And why? Why'd you say no, thank you? Because I control everything I do. And that was weird to you to have someone else telling you what to do. No. And I literally was like, why would I on earth want to do a television show where a million executives are editing me and telling me what to say? And the whole thing goes out of control. And no. Yeah. And by the way, I'm a digital entrepreneur. I don't watch television. Like I'm not, that's not my thing. And this is a, tro a Joey Tribbiani moment. <laughs> and so then- She does now. She watches it now. <laughs> yeah, oh, you better believe I do. And so I then, um, they wrote back. No, seriously, we, we'd really like to, and I, and I turned to my business partner, Mandy, and I said, you know, maybe one of them's going to end up at Facebook Watch or Hulu or something like that or the streaming platform. So we might as well just take that's the right. That's right. And so we met uh, some of the development folks. And th this is the team, by the way, behind Shark Tank, behind Dr. Oz, behind Wheel of Fortune, behind Jeopardy, uh, like massive shows. They're about to roll out this incredible variety show with Brad Paisley. So these are not like, these are the best in the business in terms of television development. And so 
we get on the, the, the zoom and they start to talk to me and I'm like, well, let me tell you all the reasons why I'm not interested. First of all, I make way more money than you're probably going to pay me. Secondly, I control everything I do. Third, if I go and do this thing with you, uh, there's a massive lost opportunity in everything that I'm doing. Uh, fourth, I don't want anybody telling me what to say, what to wear, what to do. I don't want a co-host. I don't want this. I don't want that. I want, and, and they just sat there with their eyes open and they're like, <laughs> why are you talking to us? And I told them the truth. I said, well, because one of you might want to end up at Facebook watch or YouTube or somewhere. Yeah. And they laughed. And this was what, this is what actually hooked me. I said, look, I'm not interested in being a celebrity. I don't like celebrity obsession. I'm not into that. I don't, I don't have any interest in being one. I want to make an impact. And when the executive said to me, Mel, you know, your content is incredible. And the women who are watching daytime television deserve it. And I get that you put out video content and a million people will watch it. But imagine the impact that you could have in people's lives on issues like anxiety and PTSD and on families and on marriages. If you had a million people tuning in every day and you had the full power of a sales team behind it and really impactful integrations behind it. And when I wrapped my mind around the impact, I was like, I'm in. And then when I understood as an entrepreneur, the business challenge, because it's a challenge. This is not like one person says, okay, we're going to put you on air. You got to sell this to like 300 stations individually. And you, you all did this pretty quickly. This has been- We didn't shoot a pilot. (laughs) I showed up on Zoom for most of the sales calls. Yeah. And sold it. And told them what was what. Yes. Yeah. I have a feeling, do you walk around with a bag of microphones and drop them as you, as you uh-huh. walk into rooms? No, I you just- Because you're dropping the mic left and right here. This is this is good stuff. I mean- Well, like here's the other thing. Like, I'm not defined by a show. I'm already successful. Yeah. I, if this, like, I mean, this is the other thing that I, that there's this thing for me where I'm not desperate. Yeah. I, I say, have a gig I say that b- works. I say be hungry, not thirsty. That's great. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Be hungry, not thirsty. Yeah. And that's what it seems like you are. Yes. You, you're hungry and you want that impact. And I obviously can relate to that. And yeah. it's, the, it's the biggest driving force when people say, how did you go through all the tough times and get out? It's because I knew, I knew this is so much bigger than me. Yes. This, and this is going to, you know, you want more people to hear the message yes. rather than whether they see my face at all. Yeah. If they hear the message. Yeah. That's why I love audio. Because it's just about, I want you to hear mm-hmm. what we have to say. So what is, what's it been like, this process? Not necessarily building up to it, but just in the last few weeks, you all have- It's exhilarating. I've never had more fun in my entire life. Every show? Every show is, yes. is fun and awesome? Well, it's, it's not even that it's fun. It is truly connected to the impact I want to make. Yes. And the people who are appearing as guests on this show are changing their lives. They are taking a step- they are seeing the difference that a shift in a mindset makes. Men who are struggling deeply are actually seeking help from a licensed professional. That would not be me. That would be somebody else outside the show. So you're, you, this is a good time to talk about a little bit of how you're set apart in this show because there are some daytime shows that have come out recently and the ones that we all know and love, right. Ellen, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. You are not necessarily in, uh, interviewing celebrities on there a There are no basis. celebrities allowed on my show. Right. Which this is, is exa- not for which celebrities. Which is exactly why I was on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly why. No, uh, there, there are no, this is not a show that's about celebrity promotion or celebrities doing fun things. Yeah. Um, there's great shows. I mean, I love Ellen. 
Yeah, and who it doesn't? looks like Kelly Clarkson's going to be doing a lot of that. Yeah, who doesn't and love them? There's a lot. Tamron Hall. Yeah, Tamron Hall's probably going to be doing a lot yeah. of that. And so um, there's already shows where you, great shows where you can get that. There's already shows where you can hear people talk about pop culture. There's yeah. already shows where you can hear people talk about the news. There's already shows where you can see people throwing chairs at each other and yeah. doing DNA tests. There's and, already and shows. By the way, those shows that you just they talked really about, well, by the way. they do really well. But what I really cannot stand about those shows, the ones that were the, the, the chair throwing, is that they make people of color and poor yeah. white people yeah. look terrible. Yeah. And they completely- they bring out the worst in people. They, yes. Sure. And that's just, again, Arlen's opinion. <laughs> uh, and- that's the first time on the podcast I've done the third person. Thank you. Uh, so if if I were from outer space, which I may be, and I and I came down and I was clicking on your show, September 16th. Yep. It's, Mel Robbins it's show. Mel Robbins show, September 16th. It's debuting. Mm-hmm. What am I seeing? You're going to see a modern take on an old school advice show. Mm. You're going to see a sea of women. In an audience, you're going to see compelling stories and advice and drama and conflict. And then you're going to see the cameras turn around and you're going to see me in the audience. And it feels like speed coaching and fun. And you're going to get in touch with hope and a sense of control over your life and that something might be possible for you. And the three things that I can promise you is number one, every day you're going to learn something. Number two, you're either going to laugh or you're going to cry, but you're going to emote in some way whether you like it or not. And number three, you will leave the Mel Robbins show feeling a little bit better than you did when you tuned in. I agree. I, I felt a better, and I think I was there to try to make people feel better. Oh my God. You, but, like when you were I, talking, the whole audience is like, oh, oh, oh. Well, just really? telling your story, the whole audience is like, I can do it too. That's so cool. But I walked away feeling great. I felt like really uh, energized. And of course, that's that energy and everything. But mm-hmm. if that, if any of that translates oh, it will. on TV, I mean, you're in for just like this shot of adrenaline and a shot of like hope, you know, the things. When you, well, you, think- know what you know what's going to happen when the show airs? I cannot wait for it to get on air. Everybody in America who watches it, this is what's going to happen when the Mel Robbins show airs. Everybody in America who watches it is going to realize there was a huge hole in daytime television and we just filled it. That there was a show that has been needed for a decade that focuses on empowering women and giving relevant, tactical advice and that also helps women celebrate their lives. We talk about the rock in the shoe problems on this show. Those are those problems that you carry around with you but you don't stop long enough to pull the rock out of your shoe, but it stresses you out. It's on your mind. This is the issues of blended families. This is the stress that people of color and people in, as you say, underestimated communities feel. This is what happens when you get a divorce and you don't know how to rebuild your life. This is what happens when you get fired. And this is the kind of heart and soul of what the Mel Robbins show is going to help you tackle. That no matter what you're facing, you can do something to make it better. And you'll know that as you watch the show, at the end of the show, you'll feel instantly better. And I'm I'm saying that because I saw it happen. I saw it happen in real life. Yeah. September 16th. September 16th. You want people to tune in? Oh my dear God, please. <laughs> Set your DVRs 
do something. Does it? Does it? Because you know what? We are out moneyed and we're out muscled at every yeah, turn. Yeah. This is the underdog. This is the show. underdog show. That's this what I'm is the underdog today. show. This is the underestimated show. Yes, because we're talking about your confidence, and we can hear it. We can hear it right yeah. now that you have it. But at the, the, the reality is that it's not going to be an overnight success. Absolutely, we are going to be the little engine that could. I always think about myself as like I'm the bad news bears. Yeah. I'm the I'm the team with the bad equipment. You know what we got? We got heart and we got skills and we got passion to make an impact. And I love being underestimated because then you come up out of nowhere and people are like, what in the hell just happened? Yeah. Well, I will be there. I'll be watching on September 16th. Thank you. I hope everyone will watch with me. It's been a true pleasure talking to you. I'm so glad we got to meet. Oh my God, I I, I am too. We've been friends online and I've admired you from afar and I'm always like, clap, 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 Same, same, same here and it's wonderful. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, Don. Don't forget to watch the Mel Robbins show. It debuts September 16th, Monday. You can go to the website to find out where you can view it. It's all over the place, all over the, the U.S. It's in several several cities all over the country you should be able to see it different times of day though depending on where you live so give it a try as you know the first few days and weeks of this show the ratings are going to be everything to make sure that it stays on the air just like with any show that debuts let's really back this show the mel robbins show september 16th if you're listening to this after september 16th go watch it i'm sure that they've put some stuff online go get into it september 16th monday mel robbins show i'll be watching hey so i'd love to talk to you and keep the conversation going find me on twitter and instagram at arlen was here that's a-r-l-a-n was here stick around too because i will let you know when my new book is going to be in pre-order now that's coming out in the, uh, 2020 it'll be out as a real book oh my goodness and it'll be you'll be able to pre-order it most likely this year so stay tuned i'll let you know all about that on twitter on instagram and on this podcast <laughs>